Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Tennis with an Accent. This is Saqib. Uh, I had a chance of meeting Esamul Haq Qureshi during his Newport run last week. So here's a candid chat with him where he talks about his tennis in general, uh, his inspirations and a lot of t- topics revolving around the ATP. Hello everyone at Tennis with an Accent. We have the honor of uh, talking to Esamul Qureshi who's playing doubles here at Newport. Thanks for doing this. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, you're one of the people, you know, I wanted to speak on this uh, forum. So, uh, you had a unique win yesterday, 6-love, 6-love. Yeah, That's not I, a normal score. No, it's not. Especially it's my first time ever I won a match 6-0-6-0. I think uh, one of the players, uh, he just came back off an injury for 6 months or 7 months. It was first match back. I just felt that he was not ready. Uh, to play at this level, though I think Rajiv and myself played pretty solid match, but uh, in a way I felt a little bit sorry for the guy as well. I think uh, he just tried to get back on the tour too early. I think he still needs a little bit of time to get back there, but uh, it is what it is. But were you uh, playing like uh, those guys? Were they like singles players? Because uh, are they no, just? No, we just went out there to play our best tennis, and, uh, and I think we served really well. We volleyed really mm-hmm. well. We turned, made a lot of balls, and I think he just added more pressure on uh, one of those guys who was injured. And uh, he just got into a shell where he, I think he was just panicking uh, during most of the match. But happy to get the first win. It's the first time I'm playing with Rajiv. And happy to be back in Newport. I won here two years ago. So hoping to do the same, inshallah, this year as well. Is grass something you look forward to? Because it's a very short season on grass, like yeah. six or seven weeks. Yeah, I love grass. I've always loved grass. Uh, I'm from Lahore and 80% of our courts in Lahore are grass courts. I grew up on grass courts as well. And uh, this year, like... A lot of other years also, I make sure that I play every single week on grass. And uh, Newport being the last week on grass after Wimby. Every year, it's not an easy journey to come from London straight away. But uh, I love the tournament and it's the last week we can play on grass court. So, uh, and I feel like here is kind of, uh, you can play a little bit traditional grass court tennis. Absolutely. There are not many other grass court tournaments uh, where you can serve and volley on every point. But I feel like the courts here allow you to do that. And I'm a little bit of an old-school uh, server and volley player, so that's why I've always loved coming back here, mm-hmm. and it suits my game as well. And I have had the best results also uh, playing Newport, so really happy to be back again. Okay, so interesting point you make. Uh, my question was, how do these grass courts uh, compare to like back home in Pakistan or India? Because I'm an Indian, and I also grew up playing on grass courts. Uh, they're a little bit quicker than the average grass court, I would say. And the other part is, uh, the, it bounces very low. I feel like now the grass course in Wimby, uh, you get p- pretty high bounce, especially now if you see Rafa winning it and these kind of guys uh, Who's staying back? with very western grips uh, uh, winning these uh, grand slams. So I think this year was a bit quicker because of the weather. It didn't rain that much in Wimby. Yeah. Uh, if it had rained a little bit, I think course would have gone very slower uh, mm-hmm. and the ball would have been more heavier. But uh, here, I think uh, it's very dry. You don't get that much rain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Another thing is that coats, uh, they don't have covers there. So if it rains ever, the, <laughs> the grass becomes very heavy and the bo- ball stays very low. Mm. And I think the guys who like to attack the net, uh, definitely these course suits them. Because it's not easy to pass off a very low ball. And if you keep attacking and attacking, I think uh, that's why you see the past champions. All of them have been serving volleyers there, like uh, Karlovic or Rajiv Ram, Isner. 
all these guys have a big serve not the best baseline game yep. but they're really good at serving and uh, volleying and uh, you hardly see any baseliners winning this uh, tournament and that's one of the reasons that it really suits the guys who like to serve and volley and attack the net uh, interesting points you make so you've been playing Wimbledon for more than a decade now yeah, yeah. so have the courts been consistently at the court speed they are now or you think the trajectory has been they have been slowed down or higher bounds yeah i think everywhere in the world uh, i think for some reason the atp or the itf uh, somehow decided to change the pace of the courts and made them much slower and uh, tennis is now it used to be a lot on talent base and skills based game but now it's uh, i think it's now 80% or 70% is physical yeah uh, you have to be super fit and it's a physical game now and the matches have become longer also the five set matches or the three set matches before in the past it used to be much shorter matches also and the shorter points so uh it's something yeah i think this year maybe they have changed it a little bit australia was much quicker this year than it was in the past years and uh, definitely wimbledon as well the ball was much much quicker but i think weather has to play a very big role as that Uh, on grass court tennis at least mm-hmm. and it hardly rained during wimbledon this year so the courts were pretty dry and uh, they were going pretty quick and ba- ball was bouncing pretty high which obviously uh has roger yeah. a lot and um, well, he's kind of a unique throwback player he can play serve and volley right uh, uh, the guy is uh, taking tennis to another level and uh, <laughs> definitely a genius obviously by far i don't even think anybody can argue if he's one of the greatest or not he is the greatest yeah. uh, ever lived and uh, winning eight wimbies now 18 grand slams there's no debate mm-hmm. if uh, all due respect to rafa and uh, rod laver and all these guys beyond bolts but uh, i don't think uh, you have to cancel them out now if you talk about the best player in the world and that's definitely roger by far and some pretty good points you raised because that's a discussion normally you know our tennis fans you know like uh, have between friends and uh, the big uh, decision right now is about five sets tennis but uh, do you think there are a lot of injuries in men's game because the game has become very physical people don't have recovery time they play like four or five hours because the game was always best of five sets now yeah. there's a, some people are saying it should go to best of three your thoughts i think it, it's it's the course and the balls they made the balls a bit bigger the balls are a bit heavier uh, i think uh, there were not that many companies who used to produce balls in the past maybe 10 years ago there were very handful of companies now you see like there are 20 different companies uh, and there are 20 different balls and every ball is different from the other one there there pen there wilson there ed there slazinger sabalat sabalat <laughs> like every tennis company a clothing company they end up uh, producing a ball as well and obviously then for the sponsors it's not easy also to stick with one ball they have to go with the whichever company is paying them most and uh, it's not easy on uh, the players also to get adjusted to all the balls and the way they play and uh, the game definitely has slowed down and that's why i think likes of novak and andy murray and these guys they have brought a different element to the sport and the reason they've done so well in the past 5 years 6 years because physically they got themselves in that position that they can really grind it out for 5 hours 6 hours and uh, and get the best of their opponents and and i think tennis is evolving i guess and uh, it just uh, you had a period where all the servant volleyers and big servers were doing really well and then the time came of the returners and uh, now right now the at least the past 5 years i think it was all who is physically 
much better or dominant or who can last longer Absolutely. on the court. And so that's what Novak did. So you're not against best of five sets. Grand Slam should be still best of five sets. I think that's the beauty about it. That's why I, said, I think so. Uh, obviously, a lot of time, a lot of time, it is about. Especially now, the game is so much accessible because of the social media and uh, Wi-Fi and internet and cable TV that everybody gets to watch it. Obviously, compared to other sports, a tennis match takes a very long time. And uh, if you want to go for a fan base and you want to make. I guess the tournaments or everybody they want to make more money out of it. Then obviously, from a fan perspective, obviously they would like the match to go shorter. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the reasons I also feel maybe they're going for the shorter version, they're trying to go for the shorter version. Maybe they, which I would not mind, that Rafa and Novak's and Roger and Andy can have another two, three, four years on the tour. I think playing best of five, maybe they won't have that chance. But I still feel. They are physically. But you're only playing best of five like eight weeks a year, and if you don't make the second week, then you're not playing that much. Well, only Davis Cup it's is still the other. hard on their bodies, uh, especially Roger being 36. Yeah. Uh, so far this year, Wimbledon, he's been very lucky that he played best of three matches. Personally, I like your surface yeah. argument. Yeah. If surfaces yeah. can be sped up, yeah. then we won't have those like those kind of those things, kind of matches. Yeah. If you have a little bit quicker surface and or even it out. The way it used to be before, when the grass court used to come, all the server volumes and the big server used to feel great. Because on the clay, they couldn't do nothing. And you see different styles of plays then, you know. But this time around, I think for the fans also, it would be really good that you can see all the aspects of tennis. Because people, in a way, have forgotten about the server volley play. Everybody yeah. plays the same way. Back and cross court, back and cross court, forward and down the line, this, this. The servant volley aspects where somebody has a touch volley and uh, different contrast. I think the competition becomes very good as well. The rivalries in the past also used to be because of that. McEnroe against Borg, totally different contrast. One is attacking, one is a baseliner. Agassi Sampras yep. was also the same thing. Becker Lendl. <laughs> exactly. Rafa Roger also was the same thing. In the beginning, Roger used to come in a lot. And Rafa yep. was the one from the baseline. Even though Andy Murray has played so many matches against Novak, but it's not a rivalry rivalry because they both play the same style. Same it's just style, like yeah. who gets one on that day physically, you know. So I think it's good. Gonna be, it's, it will be good for the game and obviously easier on uh, on the bodies of the players as well. Absolutely. So what are your thoughts on doubles now? Do you think doubles at Wimbledon in the fifth set, both singles and uh, uh, doubles? Do you think they should be like a stop, like? Play a tiebreak at nine all or ten all, or shouldn't be going because we already had Isner Mahu once. Yeah. What's the point of going eighteen twenty? Yeah, but I think it's tradition. I think the British people they like to keep their tradition and they're not going to go <laughs> and uh, go about about uh, having a tiebreaker. I think that's what makes women really special, yep. and uh, that's what makes it very unique as well. And for some reason, the British always want to be different from any other player, uh, any other tournaments, or any other country, or and women especially they want to keep their tradition very different from uh, other tournaments. And uh, I don't see that rule changing actually mm. in the near future. Okay. I think. Uh, Do players talk about it? How, how, I mean, in general, uh, you don't I have think to take. Players names, love it uh, because uh, every time, whether it's a doubles or a mixed double or any match, if it goes to more than six all, seven all, everybody's glued to it and they're all watching it. You know, and that's what makes it special. That's what makes women very special. And uh, like I said, the British. Uh, they're going to stick to their traditions, whether it's cricket yeah. or whether it's hockey. But then, and, uh, the, then they say like Isner and Mahu took them at least six months to get that match out of the system. They were not the same guys like for a very long time. Yeah, so. I can imagine. But that's the, but that's one match also they're never going to forget the rest of their lives also. True. If it was a tiebreaker, it could have been probably in any other match, mm. like in the U.S. Open or a French Open. But now, not even us. 
we are still talking about that match because of that reason. No, absolutely. About the, the uniqueness. So. And uh, and I think it was unbelievable that they had to play for three days or four days. And hats off to them. And yeah, obviously, it took them probably a lot of time to recover from it. But uh, sure. they have created history. Absolutely. Let's switch gears. What are your thoughts on uh, the latest topic that's been doing the rounds with the price money and the mixed doubles? It's pretty minimal compared to what the doubles players make. Or obviously, singles is a whole different category. Prize money on the mix. Uh, I don't know uh, because yeah, if you only play them four times a, a year, once and, every Olympics, uh, once every four months, three months, it doesn't yeah. really have unbelievably big significance to it. Mm -hmm. You don't get any points, and uh, it does not affect your rankings. So maybe there so should be points then, right? And then uh, uh, the prize money could be a good debate. If yeah, but it's going to be tough. How are you going to relate? Uh, points in a, you're going to have a mixed doubles ranking or something or what is going to go into your doubles ranking I mean most uh, ATV masters now have like joint stops so maybe I don't know if in one week you can sneak in a 16 draw mixed doubles but is that something a discussion that's ever could be a recreational thing I think just to, to promote the tournament and stuff but uh, I haven't seen any any player actually complaining about the mixed doubles prize money ever uh, so it's tough for me to say it okay. prize money in general should increase whether it's singles or it's doubles or mixed doubles, period. And uh, I think uh, tennis has this capacity to make a lot of money like the other sports, especially with the players we have right now. I mean, slams have deep pockets, so uh, I'm sure they could be Yeah, but provisioned. if you compare it to football or if you compare it to uh, baseball or if you compare it to golf, yeah. uh, tennis players are not making the same amount of money. Uh, top 100 golfer is uh, set for his life. A top 100 singles guy or a top 100 doubles player is not, not even close. I remember reading an interview with Sergei Stakovsky a few yeah. years ago. He said he made so much money, but out of that, so much were taxes. He said, yeah. don't get fooled with Roger and Rafa and Novak. Yeah, like, yeah, these guys it's a different, a different reality. Yeah, exactly. So, compared to that, I think uh, tennis still has to go a long way. And I think money is out there. It's just about the ATP has to get a little bit flexible. The Grand Slam, the four Grand Slams, they need to get flexible also. Because they're not allowing ATP to have any a fifth Grand Slam or a sixth Grand Slam, which for me is very bizarre. Because you see, Formula One, they used to have eight races the year per year, but now every year there are two or three more races getting included. In Doha in India, like everywhere. And yeah, but then I think you just spoke about the tradition. I think slams are very tradition. No, it, the it doesn't events. mean you can't add more tournaments with the same prize money. It's only going to help the players. The more yeah. Tournaments you're going to have at that same level. I'm not telling you to take away Wimbledon away from them, or you don't even have to call them Grand Slams, but you can uh, call them some other tournaments uh, where they pay the same prize money. And uh, it's only going to help the players that you can uh, you can have the opportunity to win the same kind of prize money in the other tournaments also, not just four times a year. And it's just going to help the players more. It's going to motivate the players to work even harder. And like that. Maybe there should be a pool of money from these tournaments that go to the Challenger Tour and improve the facilities sure. there. China wants to have so much money, they want to have their own slam. Uh, the guy from Indian Wells, he's asked ATP that he's willing to have a Grand Slam. They don't want to do that. And uh, but uh, yeah, a lot know. of a lot of gatekeeping, you know, it's not easy to crack. Because ATP, yeah. So it's uh, I think opportunities are there. People are there to give the money, and they want to have more tennis and stuff. Uh, it's just about the, I feel like ATP and ITS need to get a little bit flexible and uh, think about the players also. And sure. If all the other sports are 
you know, expanding and they're including more tournaments on the calendar to bigger prize monies. Why can't uh, tennis do that nice. when the money is out there? Fair now, I see Formula One, I used to, I remember five or ten years ago, I knew the eight races that are going to happen. Now I see turn television on every second week, there is a race. And India, never, nobody thought yeah. it's the same prize money. Doha, nobody thought. Dubai, it never used to be. Qatar never used to be. Turkey has two tournaments Turkey now. Now, the Formula Ones. So, uh, because there is money and uh, they're flexible. And that's why that sport is also growing. Before, I only knew one guy, Schumacher. Yeah. But now, I, I know of at least five, six, seven, eight top guys who race. And that's because I keep seeing them on television all the time. Yeah, that race, and I think Formula uh, One has definitely tapped the Asian market. Big time. Yeah. Because money is there. And the money is there for tennis as well. But uh, I think the ATP and the ITF just needs to get flexible. Mm-hmm. to think that way and to help the players out also. Right, let's do a quick segue before we wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, how did your tennis journey begin? You come from a cricket nation, field hockey is yeah. huge, similar to India. So my who mom, are your heroes? My I mean. mom, uh, she was Pakistan number one for 10 years. And my maternal grandfather, Khwaja Iftikhar Ahmed, was all Indo Park number one before partition. Mm-hmm. So it was a family sport, it was in my blood. So never and a choice between being a fast bowler or a tennis player? No, I used to play cricket. I w- actually was a swimmer before I started playing tennis. Uh, at the age of 12, my mom just took me to the tennis courts uh, to see if I have any ge- tennis germs in me. And I picked it up really fast. I became under 14 number one back home, national under 16 and under 18. I finished 98, uh, world number seven and Asian number one in juniors. And from there onwards, it just, uh, my parents thought that I have something special. Did you have to go abroad for some formal Sorry. training? Yeah, I got in the ITF for two years. Okay, That's what really helped me. Uh, I didn't know anything about international tennis at all. And the only reason I started playing tennis was as a hobby. I never thought of it as a professional uh, career ever. And uh, my whole family is full of doctors and engineers. And <laughs> just to be a sports person was... Uh, but uh, my parents trusted me, obviously. They supported me. They still support me. And uh, I have to thank them, obviously, and ITF as well. That I traveled those two years with them under the ITF coaches. I got the training and everything done. And I finished world number seven and Asia number one. And that just gave me a platform to know about everything else. It's pretty good. You've had an exceptional doubles career. So what do you think? Uh, Of course, I'm sure you want to be a Grand Slam champion one day. What do you think? That's the only reason I'm still playing. I really believe it. and I really feel it that I can achieve it. Uh, I've played six semifinals, uh, two finals. And uh, I've had wins against all the top guys uh, in doubles. Uh, I'm very sure. I really believe it as... uh, it's coming very soon, inshallah, and uh, that's one of the reasons I'm playing this game. And uh, inshallah, and my goals, obviously, hopefully, I can achieve them one day. Great, and uh, my listening base is, you know, a huge focus in India, and hopefully, after today, even Pakistanis will, you know, uh, join in the podcast. So you played doubles with Rohan. What's the equation with the Indian guys? I'm sure, like you're. No, it's great, man. Um, you travel together. I have great relationship with each and every one of them. This week also, there are so many Indians here. We've been going out every night for dinner. So I sometimes feel like out of place because they're all Indians. But uh, I feel at home when I'm with them. We speak the same language. Yeah. Cultures are pretty much the same. And Except when uh, there's a cricket match. That's the only sorry. time. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, being yeah with Rohan was the same thing obviously I'm not going to start supporting India but uh, (laughs) we understand that but uh, at the end of the day when I was playing with Rohan also I feel like uh, in this world I think people just need to treat people as human beings and uh, not because what religion they follow or which culture they belong from or the country Mm -hmm. and uh, to me I really really believe with all my heart if every single person on this planet was associated with any kind of sports or played any sports 
I think this world would be a better place because sports teaches you that. Yeah, it's a great equalizer, yeah. And different cultures and different religions. And uh, that's what it teaches us, uh, the fundamentals of being a good human being. And uh, for me, peace is the only way forward in this world. And I hope uh, this world can be a peaceful place very soon. Uh, before we wrap this up, any message for the listeners? They're you know, uh, all over from the world. I hope they listen to my podcast. You want to say something before yeah, mate, we wrap this for up? For everybody else, uh, everyone out there would be, you know, just be kind to others, love each other, don't go for the skin or the culture, treat each other as a human being. And uh, just try to be the best person you can be. And uh, yeah, just promote peace, follow peace. And uh, that's the only way forward in this world. Thanks for listening, everyone. This was Asamat Qureshi, great ambassador, well-spoken. It's a pleasure to host you on this podcast. Thanks a lot, man. Pleasure. Thank you.